city of your dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New out. York, New York, big city of your dreams. Testing one, two, three. It seems like the sound went out. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. Guys, let me know if you can hear. I cannot hear any sound coming through my headphones when it goes. You guys can hear me. But um, the Knicks have just beat the Magic 102 289, led by my man. Grime Times, who was in his bag just now. Grimes finishes the game with 22 points, four assists, and six rebounds. Also, following McBride, McBride finishes the game with 23 points, five assists, and three steals. And Sims finishes the game with a double, double, 12 points, 10 rebounds. All right. Let's get to it. But, but uh, and we're going to talk about the details of the game. Before we talk about the details of the game, you already know what it is. Let me introduce my guys. First and foremost, I call him the man, the legend, the guy, stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. I can just smell that summer league championship is coming. Summer league championships is in the mail the check is on the way we get in we were we Steph curry there right now all right grimes is already pointing <laughs> to the mid finger in the third quarter the summer league championships is on the way all right but of course you know <laughs> joining us today also is my man lee my man lee from deadspin and posting and toasting what's going on lee ready to talk to nick let's go let's go let's get it and listen man i know you guys have been all over twitter and all over the news and um, we're definitely going to talk about the donovan mitchell situation heating up with utah so hang tight we are getting to that hot topic for sure but before we get into that hot topic let's briefly break down this game and this win i'm i'm back for i'm back for a win ryan you can't have all the fun when i was going the knicks was winning all these games i came back we ended up losing but now i'm back for the win (laughs) and (laughs) i'm going to celebrate damn it because listen there's certain things I'm looking for certain players. And for the last three games, I'm looking for something very specific from players like McBride and Grimes and, and pretty much, um, oddly enough, the same thing. And, and it's dribble penetration. And I'm going to start off with talking about Bryant, with, with about McBride. Um, for the last few games, I've seen McBride hit some, some jumpers, hit some mid-range games. But today... It's like the first game where I really start to see him get into the paint a little bit more. And not necessarily all the way into the paint, but just getting those paint touches. And that's something that we need from McBride. Um, so tell me, um, what did you th- what did you see from McBride's game? I'll start with you, Ryan, today. Uh, what did you see from McBride's game? Do you feel like um, you happy with what you saw today? Yeah, I mean, so tonight was easily McBride's best game of the summer league since it began um you as you know the first three games i talked about mcbride's lack of penetration and you know and him selling for the jumper as opposed to you know 
actually getting into the lane and actually creating in the lane and finishing out the basket. But today he showed an all-around game. Today he attacked the basket often. He may not have finished at basket at a high rate, but he attacked the basket. He was able to create off of those drives into the lane, and he was able to, you know, find guys open for three-point shots. You know, guys were cutting, and he was able to find them as well. He was also he also scored at all three levels. So he scored at the three-point level, the mid-range, and he also had a little floater game in the lane as well. So I, so I thought tonight was Big Brad's best game easily in the summer league, and this game tonight is what I is what I would say that what is, is something that I would you know call like McBride's like ideal game. Like if I'm looking for something from McBride, like tonight was the game where I'm yeah. like, yeah, I see everything that I need to see from him. Yeah, this is what I wanted to see from McBride. Um, but besides the six turnovers, everything else I felt like he he did pretty well. Shot sixty nine percent from the field, did pretty well. Cause you know when you're a guy who's not that fast. And you kind of have to you have to rely on angles, changing of pace, getting into people's bodies, create space. And I felt like he did that pretty well today. Um, I don't know. What do you have to add to that, Lee? Yeah, I think he played some really excellent defense as well. If you look at the backcourt for Orlando, there were two no-name guys, Devin Kennedy and Xavier Simpson. They shot at a combined 25% from the field and like even worse, about 12% from the three-point line. So I thought McBride played really good defense. You know what he's going to give you on the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, he was also in his bad. I, I've liked the offensive arsenal he's shown us in summer league, even more than I've liked from Grimes. I think McBride's been more well-rounded, and his stats across the board show that. I mean, he's, he's chipping on the rebounding and assist side with you know five dives and five boards. He's even chipping on the turnover side, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I triple-double. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the sample size would be a lot more micro if we're going into the regular season. He's not going to be playing always 29 minutes a game. No. He's going to be cut down about 12 to 14 minutes on a good night when the shot is on. Um, so I think he can give you a really solid eight, three, and four, you know, night in, night out um, when Dibs is playing him as a third street point guard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, the Grimes versus McBride comparison. What do you feel like Grimes is missing um, from, which, from what you want to see? Because you kind of mentioned that you, you, you liked more what you saw from McBride than Grimes today. I during the first uh, podcast that we did for summer league in game one, I really thought McGrath was shooting way too many threes. I think he chucked like thirteen or fourteen that day. If I can remember, he had eleven tonight. You know, and out of um, seven shots that he made, four of them were threes. Uh, so I, I would like to see him actually get into the intermediate range a little bit, showing mm -hmm. off his pull up shot, getting to the basket. We are seeing that from McGrath, but guys can be a better teammate for that three point shot. I really want to see him mix it up a little bit, although I think he's really playing how he would play in a regular season game. He did, he's going to have him out there isoing, you know, in the corner. He's going to want to be a catch-and-shoot, three-point shooter. This is his opportunity to show us he does have something else. If one of our perimeter guys goes down an injury, God forbid, uh, he goes in in a pinch, I'd like to see a little bit more of a well-rounded game. With Summer League, he's being featured as a primary offensive weapon, and he's been playing one of the best um, – the, the best runs in the summer league overall. Just want to see a little bit more diversity in the offense opposed to just chucking threes. Hmm. Do you agree with that, Ryan? From Grimes, um, I do agree. From uh, I do agree to a, to an extent because at times Grimes does settle for threes. You know, there are situations where you know it'll be early in the shot clock and he'll just toss up a three as opposed to you know like try to break down the defense or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, I feel like 
Grimes has shown enough growth in his game because he showed me some things where I didn't see from him last season. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, some of the playmaking ability, he's definitely improved in that area. Um, also, he's improved in his handle as well. He's done some he done some moves tonight where I, I didn't see that from I, I did not see that from Grimes last year, especially that move where um I think the defender was coming from his his right and he went behind the back and lost the defender and pulled up for the three. Yeah. He didn't miss the three, but I was like that move was nasty and I that didn't was... see, I didn't see anything like that from Grimes last year. What? And so I do agree with Lee from the from the standpoint of he does settle for threes too much. He relies on the three-point shot too much, but at the same time, I think he has made strides in his game where you see improvement and you see, you know, you definitely see him going forward being a more rounded player. Yeah, I mean, there's a caveat to that. He's not Steve Novak. He's not just a pure catch-and-shoot three this year. He is showing you that he has the ability to put the ball on the floor, step back, sidestep, uh, pull up threes. So he's not just like, you know, your, your, your basic-ass three-point shooter. He does have ability on the perimeter to do some creating off a dribble to get his own shot. But those shots tend to be, more often than not, three-point shots. I just want to see a little bit more get into the basket. I'd like to see more than, than six free-throw attempts. I'd like for that number to be up to eight or nine. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, quickly kind of went through this thing too, you know. When he's kind of given the keys, the first thing – that you're trying to do is find that balance between shooting threes, setting people up, and going to the basket. And that's kind of just the growing pains you get when you have more freedom. It's like, okay, what do I do with this freedom? You know, you're like a kid. You're going wild. You're staying up all night, right? It's like, you know, when you just first go into college, he's like, ah, screw homework. I'm out to three in the morning. I'm drinking. I'm partying. And then you start to wheel it in a little bit because, wait a minute, I still got to graduate. So I feel like that's, what, that's what's happening with Grimes right now. He's just pulling from three, trying to figure out that balance. And he's trying to figure it out on the fly. But some of the flashes I've seen from him figuring out on the fly has been pretty good. Um, the the handle, I've, I've seen some mistakes with the handles, but I've also seen a lot of growth, a lot of moves I've seen, have not seen this year. He's obviously been working on that. And um, I did like that he, he, he's, he's, I felt like it was like a quarter or something. I felt like he, he made a more concerted effort, effort to like go to the hole. But I do agree, 11, 11 threes is a lot. But it, it's, it's funny because, um, Grimes averaged eight threes a game in college and shot 40%. So him him having the green light <laughs> on a team is like, all right, I, I average eight threes a game. I'm going to shoot 10 and 11. And that's pretty much what he shot today. But um, it's, it's, it's just, I feel like when you, when you're the, when you are the guy and you're like more of the motor of the offense, what's, I think kind of what happens is your body's adjusting to a fatigue. Like if you're not like a guy who's super in shape, um, I feel like you, sometimes you might fatigue and you start to miss free throws and you start to miss shots you usually take. And I, I feel like the extra the extra weight he's carrying on offense is kind of affecting his field goal percentage a little bit because he only had what thirty six percent of the field from the field today. Um, he's the few like the last game he missed like two free throws. To me, that's, it seems like a sign of fatigue to me. Um, overall, though, overall though, really good, good game from. I, I like the I like the aggressiveness aggressiveness from Grimes for sure. I like that he tries new things. That, that's what summer league is for. It's for trying new things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right, and shout out to everybody in the chat. I see ninety eight people in the chat, so gunshots um, over here. Please hit the like and subscribe button if you're feeling the show so far. We definitely talked about the Knicks Summer League, and we're also going to talk about the Donovan Mitchell situation. So definitely 
uh, stay tuned for that conversation that's showing up. But shout out to everybody in chat. Shout out to Fritz Almighty Finesse. Be civilized. Uh, Sherwin over here. Jason Vicara. And everybody else who's rocking with the KDG, the, the, the KOT show. Okay? All right. Now, let's get to Also, I want to highlight Sims, who is also, who is a, once again, a man amongst boys, 12 points and 10 rebounds. But I also kind of want to... It's funny... Jean Montero had an interesting game to me today because I always he has this kind of handle that's on a string, but I don't I feel like he has the handle that's on a string, but he doesn't have like the presence of mind to know like when to pass the ball and when not to. So a lot of times I feel like he breaks his man off the dribble and then causes the turnover. Um but I don't know. I feel like there's something there. Today he had uh, a pretty nice first quarter. 10 points, two rebounds, uh, two turnovers as well. But, you know, to our to my point, one assist. Uh, how do you feel about Gene Montero's game today? Only 16 minutes. I know it's not a, a, a big topic, but I just, I don't know. He seems like a nice, maybe in a few years, who knows, nice backup. We got a lot of backup point guard prospects coming. Yeah, um, you know, Montero just 18, 19 years old. So he's a young guy, you know. He has time to develop his game. and But overall for Montero, like, to me, he's definitely a work in progress. You know, he's definitely a kid that you can work with. And I feel like, you know, within two to three years, if he gets the proper development, he could definitely make a roster in the NBA. Because, I mean, the skills are there, you know, especially defensively. He's definitely shown defensively, especially on the ball. You know, he has active hands on defense, which is a positive. You know, he definitely causes havoc on the other end. Um, offensively, like you say, he has a good handle. You know, his basketball IQ probably needs to be picked up a little bit more. You know, but besides that, like, he's a good player. Like, you can tell that, you know, if he gets the right, if he yeah. gets the right environment and he gets the right coaching, he can definitely be an NBA player down the line. It's a project. He's a project, but I don't know. It's a little something. It's a little something backup, something, something there. But who knows? We, we have another backup point guard overseas who can do it. And uh, he kind of you know, a little bit of Alonzo Trier um, back in the day when we had him coming off the bench. Someone who has like a lot of upside offensively. Mm-hmm. Who has some, you know, he's a good ball handler. He's a decent facilitator, but he's more of a shoot first score. I think he he, he has a lot of those uh, capabilities. As a guard, I'm glad that we have him now, that we actually have, like, a natural development coaching yeah. staff. We actually have a, a farm lead. We put someone to our G lead. They get better. They come out and can play when we need them. Um, during stretches, we have some injuries in, in terms of position. So I think he can actually develop now, opposed to under Steve Mills when David Fisdale was coach. And, you know, he's smart, breaks a shot, when we start working with him after hours, like we did with Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, we're in a better position now to have these young guys as fourth and fifth options off the bench uh, to eventually help us out down the line two or three years from now. There's hope there. There's definitely hope there. It's like him, Sims, you already know, you already know Sims is going to be great in a couple of years. He's great now, really. He <laughs> He's is. great now, really. <laughs> He's our best rebounder. Yeah. He just needs to hit. If he, if he ever hits, if he ever gets a, like a, a jump shot, it's a wrap. And, uh, and yep. Hunt as well. And Hunt as well will give you 13 points and three assists. I don't know. If he, Good too. What happened? I, I like the, what the, the Twan Jeffries has brought to the table as well. He's been pretty consistent with his three point shot, 
He's a pretty solid rebounder too. He, he did effort on defense as well. Yeah, Dequan Jeffries is another nice a nice player. He has he's 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 shown flashes. The one that the the play that that uh, stood out to me was he kind of split two defenders and, and had like a little layup splitting two defenders. I'm like that was nice. Dequan has has showed some 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 signs of life. So I don't know if he's gonna stick around. I pretty I'm pretty sure Hunt might get that shot. Um, in the off chance we do move with Julius Randle, maybe he backs up Obi. I don't know, or maybe we sign somebody else. But I'm really, I'm I, I'm really happy that we have a development staff here who can kind of develop these guys in the background. We don't really have that need for you know to plug in these young guys who need to play now. It's nice to say, you know what, we can we can stash some guys and wait for them to to develop. Man, amen. The fact that we even have someone like Walt Perry who's finding these guys and scouting to actually, we're able to field a summer league team that has competitive NBA ready roster on it is is a super um, refreshed from how we were five or seven years ago, where we have the summer league would never receive a crack of any NBA rotation. We actually have guys up in other teams are considering signing if we don't sign a ten day or two way contracts. Yeah, absolutely. I can see Daquan Jeffries getting getting snuck up for sure, and some Braun Hunt. Yeah, Hunt too. I want. I selfishly want to keep Hunt. <laughs> I selfishly want to keep Hunt, but I could definitely see him getting a contract from the NBA team. Uh, so salute to the New York Knicks. Uh, but I don't know if you guys have anything else to add before we get into this Donovan Mitchell situation. Nah, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. All right, the gunshots are off. Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell before we talk about Donovan Mitchell. Um, for you already know what it is. We have. If you want to call, you want to talk to us, dial that number. is in the bottom, 319-527-6241. That is 319-527-6241. Let's get ready to rumble, guys. All right, listen, man. For years, the Knicks have been linked to Donovan Mitchell because of Leon Rose um, being with the CAA. It's been rumored. Even uh, this year, there was a rumor that went around and said if Donovan Mitchell loses in the first round, he is going to leave Utah. Long behold, he lost in the first round. Long behold, it looks like he's trying to leave Utah. Now, it's, it's funny enough because Utah tried to play coy, even though they were doing these, these moves, trading Gobert for four first-round picks. Trying to play court. Oh, we're trying to build around Donovan. And all of a sudden, they come back to the table and say, oh, you know what? We're open to it. Um, and, and it's funny to me because when I look back at the things that transpired before that, I have to. I'm I'm starting to think. Shout out to Worldwide West. Shout out to Worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave the Worldwide Mess. Shout out to Worldwide West. I'm starting to, I'm starting to realize that maybe just maybe the Knicks were knew what was coming out of pipeline between Emmanuel quickly being chummy chummy <laughs> with Donovan Mitchell all summer between the Spurs making their point guard available and the Knicks hardly making an offer I thought that was kind of suspicious but now that donovan mitchell is available it makes me think well the knicks knew this was coming out of pipeline the whole time and this is why they didn't even go for dejounte murray but uh, i i'm starting to think my, my brain is, is is going down that rabbit hole 
So 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 now we're here and we're playing this game of chicken. <laughs> now Go Bear, as you all know, went to the Timberwolves for four first round picks. Plus players, plus Patrick Beverly, plus Malik Beasley, plus Jared Vanderbilt, plus uh, Leonardo Balmero and Walker Kessler. And they get to swap a first round pick with the Timberwolves as well, which is an crazy, it's it's an insane haul. Insane haul. So now Utah is feeling themselves and they're thinking, you know what, we can go to the Knicks and do what we want. Like this, they set the precedent. They, they like so. I'm gonna start off this conversation with I'm gonna start off with you, Lee. I'm gonna start off with you, Lee. Let's go. They start. My... Go ahead. What do you think? What do you, do you think is are is Mitchell worth more than four first round picks and pick swaps and young players? Like, yes, if they're not New York Knicks picks. If they're an integration of New York Knicks future first rounders and the ones we got from OKC and the Mavs 2023, the answer is hell yes. I'm willing to give up five or six out of the eight that we have and keep two of ours. Hopefully 2025, you know, 2023 looks like that's a wash. They definitely don't want that one because of the draft is so deep. And they don't want to be able to consolidate those picks to move up if they end up outside of the top three. So I mean, get that, um, you know, that much Harold Wantanabe or how you pronounce his name. Uh, coming from overseas, but I think he's worth it. He's a top 15 player. I wouldn't put him top 10. Never in the last three years have I ever had him top 10, but he's a bona fide store. David Twain's at the game last year. He's from the, he's from the area. I think he'd be the best player we've had since Melo. Definitely the best player we would have on this current roster. There's, there's some caveats I would want to happen. I would love to see Randall go in any trade that involves Mitchell. Cause I'm just, Bruh. I just, I don't see Randall being a cornerstone of any future plan involving us being a contender. That's just my personal opinion. I almost feel like that's too much to ask for to have Donovan Mitchell <laughs> here and Melo gone with Obi getting the minutes. That just seems like too good to be true. But speaking right. of Melo, everybody keeps comparing this situation to the Melo situation where the Knicks make this big move. We empty our treasure chest. We look down the line and go, hmm, now we don't have any more pieces to pair because we spent all of our assets on Melo. What's what's your fear of that happening um, uh, this season? I, I don't think there's a fear for that because when Melo was traded, the only young guy we kept was Landry Fields. Uh, Timothy Moskrov, Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Dallarani were all left. And Landry Fields was the only young guy, along with Jared Jeffries, who was terrible, Ronnie Terrioff, who was terrible, and Mary Stoudemire. It, it was, that was more about a pairing of Stoudemire and Carmelo. Right. This is different. You can give away three or four young guys, and Donovan still joined Brunson, more than likely RJ, and the other guys that we signed that can't be traded. Hartenstein, Sims, Mitchell Robinson. We, maybe we keep either between Grimes, IQ, and Reddish. We're keeping one of those guys, too, probably. So there's going to be a substantial supporting cast. Even Derek Rose with Donovan Mitchell when he gets here, I think that puts us back in the fourth seed I'm willing to give up picks much more than I am players. If Ob and RJ involved, that's a no go for me. Ob and RJ is your no go. I, I I hear you for that. Ryan, let's get let's get to you, Ryan. Um, do you have a fear of overpaying, and what's your price range for trading for a guy like Donovan Mitchell? Well, first and foremost, I want to join in on the 
Shout out to Worldwide West because wherever this man goes, he really Shout does need a Worldwide, Worldwide mess because this man went to game one between the Jazz <laughs> and the Mavericks. Listen. And he, had, and, he, and he had the Jazz front office upset because they're like, why is this man here watching <laughs> the Jazz and the Mavericks? And like, not only did he take Jalen Brunson off Mavericks' hands, now, now, they got, now he got Donovan Mitchell all flustered now like he want to come to New York too and – but but then you know Shams also said that the, for the Jazz everybody's on the table. He, he said nobody's except for getting traded for the you know on the Jazz right now. So I guess the Jazz is having a fire sale right now. But it's so. just the fact that this but it's just the fact that this man went to a Utah Jazz and Mavericks game and potentially like he he steals Jalen Brunson. He's potentially going to steal Donovan Mitchell as well from the Jazz, which is hilarious to me. But um, back to the topic at hand. Um, this not really a fear for me of the Knicks overpaying for Mitchell just for the simple fact of who we have in the front office. I don't think Leon Rose is going to overpay for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he's going to give up every single asset the Knicks have just to be desperate to bring Donovan Mitchell in because you have to, because you have to look at it this way, according to the reports anyway. The Jazz knows that the Knicks have the best deal that yeah. they can offer them. Yeah. Because the, the Knicks have the picks Good and point. the Knicks have the young players that they're looking for. So if the Jazz are having a fire sale, they don't really have the leverage. The Knicks have the leverage because the Knicks are like, we have the best package to offer you. So it's so Leon Rose is not forced to where he has to give up the give up the bank to get Donovan Mitchell. Leon Rose can easily play his cards and force the Jazz to drop their price to a reasonable price to bring Donovan Mitchell to New York, where when Donovan Mitchell comes. There's enough pieces left over so where the Knicks can be a competitive team. Now, what would be the asking price for Donovan Mitchell? I wouldn't go over four picks, you know, and it would have to be a mix, like Lisa, it would have to be a mixture of Knicks picks and the other picks we acquired from OKC, Dallas, et cetera. It would have to be a mix of that. I'm not giving up more than four first-round picks. And as for young players, like I know we have to give up something to get something, the only young player that's on that's off the table for me is RJ. I'm not giving up RJ by no means necessary. RJ is going to be a Nick, whether Donovan Mitchell is here or not. Yeah, I would con- I would consider giving up any of the other guys. Ooh, but, Obi? but but I'm even Obi. Ooh, man. But can't do it. Oof. But like I said. It's not I'm not giving up all my young players, maybe out of the group that we have. I would give up maybe two or at most three, but I'm 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 trying to aim for two young players, four draft picks, and hopefully they can take. A, I don't know if the Knicks have an expiring deal this year that they can give the Jazz because I know the Jazz is going to probably be interested in a. If the Knicks don't have an expi- expiring deal, we got, we got Derrick Rose. We got Derrick Rose. Rose. Okay, so I'd give them an expiring deal as well because I know the Jazz. Okay, so there you got two players that with an unaspiring deal. So I would probably give them picks, two young players, and probably a couple of expiring deals. Because I know the Jazz are going to want to clear cap space for the future. So that would be my offer to them. But anything over that, nah. In my opinion, that's a worse offer than what they got for Gobert. I, I would take the what Timberwolves gave them for Gobert better than what you just proposed for Don- Donovan Mitchell, who I think is a much better player it has a much higher ceiling than Gobert, too. I think they're going to want somebody else. I think Emmanuel quickly is going to have to be 
involved in any deal as well. Yo, it's funny you say that because Gobert was an overpay, and this is and this and this is the thing. This is the thing that kind of threw a re- this throwing everything off. I feel like Gobert is an overpay, so now the expectations are higher than to me than what it should be because yeah, Gobert Gobert was such an overpay. And this is not even just me saying. This is like the athletic saying it. This is the NBA pe- people. It's this the is, market. That's like. But here's the thing about the market. Who is our competition? Exactly. If we, if we're, if we're the best, if we can give them the best offer, I'm lowballing them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Ryan G. Because the the guy the, the guys who are competition right now are the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat can only offer three draft picks, Tyler Hero, and like some other players. So if the Miami Heat are a competition. And you know Tyler Hero might be the guy they want to offer, but you know he's. I'm 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 with Ryan where I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm going with four I'm going I'm going with four picks because they can offer three. They it seems like they're they seems like they're it seems like they're um prioritizing picks over players. So I'm going to try to hardball them with four because it's going to be more than it's going to be more than the Heat, and our picks are going to be higher than the Heat. So even in like so even if ah we're gonna go with the Heat so you're gonna go with the Heat who's gonna be the second third best team in the NBA off rip that's that's what they're thinking in their mind over the Knicks who have the rep so I feel like even if we I feel like there is a chance and I and I'm I'm hoping I'm not just speaking out of my my ass here I'm hoping there's a chance that we can actually play hardball with them and be like listen we got Jalen Brunson already. We have the best picks available. You already heard Windsor say they're trying to come back to the table to, to bait the Knicks into giving more. I why 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 take the bait if if no one can come close to our offer? That's that's the way I'm thinking. I think we have a couple of things to our advantage that were different than 2010 when we traded for Carmelo Anthony. One, James Dolan is not as heavily involved as he was. Is that now as he was then? I think he really forced from everything we've heard. He really forced um, Donnie Walsh's hand in really selling the farm for Carmelo Anthony. I think he trusts Leon Rose and World Wide West to really run this team and has some autonomy to make these decisions right. without James Dolan stepping in and trying to be the de facto GM of the team and you know it's still all in on on the superstar. Um, second, Leon Rose, as of yet, has not been fleeced since he's been in charge of his team. Looking back at every trade that he's made since really he was, you know, he was involved somewhat in terms of David's opinion um, on the Marcus Morris trade when Scott Perry was the interim uh, president of basketball operations. We have yet to be ripped off. I think we've won just about every trade that we've made. Um, Some of the the free agent signings might've been a little bit too much with the Fournier might've been um, two or $3 million too much, but so far Leon's been pretty solid and he's driven a line to sand. We've talked about this where he will not go over that line in order to make the deal. It's why we lost out on Gordon Hayward. It's why we lost out on DeJounte Murray. He will not cross that line. And I'm hoping, personally, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and five picks is part of that line in these negotiations with Danny Ainge, who is known to be ruthless uh, when he was at Boston. Yeah, I I agree with you. My... My I have to keep in my mind is is RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin. It's been reported that the Knicks are not even interested in trading RJ Barrett, so I don't think that's going to happen oh, at all. Great news! 
Yeah, yeah, that's. I don't think that's happening. It's all. It's also been reported that they, uh, Utah Jazz, is interested in Grimes. Now, if we do make this trade, I do like. I do feel like Grimes probably might be the guy we should keep, um, based off of just our team makeup. We got two six yes. six feet guys, right? But I mean, if, if the one if, here's the thing though: if Grimes does go. If I'm the Knicks, I'm fighting to keep Cam in that scenario. I'm fighting to keep Cam in that scenario. Because at least in that scenario, you know, we're at least, we're at least left with, like, a backup, another guy who can, you know. Because in that in that situation, if they take Grimes, I'm guessing they're going to try to get Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier to make salaries work or whatever. So if they're taking Grimes, Eric Fournier, Derrick Rose, I'm fighting to keep Cam. Um so we can have him back up, I guess, um, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> right. Or RJ. That's the, way, that's the way I'm thinking about it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree because, I mean, me being the Knicks front office in this situation, like, I think if I'm to go for after Mitchell, the one guy I would say is definitely expendable is IQ because the way me, the way I think about it is like this. Okay, you're going to have two small guards, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, with Thibs and his defensive system, like he's going to play them together, but he's going to also try to, at least I would hope, to try to stagger minutes as well to where, you know, sometimes you'll have, Jalen Brunson out there alone with the second unit and have Donovan Mitchell on the bench, or you have, or vice versa, you know, you have Donovan Mitchell with the second unit and have Brunson on the bench, you know, and try to, you know, yeah, you know, to have a better defensive unit out there at times, you know, so the Knicks aren't always stuck with having to play two small guards and having teams kill them on the defensive end. So if you're gonna, if so, if you're gonna play like that, then you can, then you can get rid, then you can let go a guy like IQ because there's not gonna really be much. Space for him to grow within the team with with two point guards like that already on yeah. the squad. Yeah. So I would see IQ as expendable, but I would try to keep Grimes just for the simple fact that he's a three point threat and he's going to be a three and D guy, which I think you're going to need if you're going to have Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson both on your team being two small guards. So yeah, I would try to I would I would try to hang on to Grimes if I can. Cam Reddish is another one. I would try to hang on to Cam Reddish. You know, but I'm also being realistic as well because if you're going to want Donovan Mitchell, the Knicks are going to have to give up somebody. So it's like, would I love the Knicks to keep those guys? Of course, but right. is, is it feasible? I'm not sure it is. <laughs> yeah, nah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm a, I'm an IQ guy. I'm probably one of the loudest IQ guys on the panel. But, but I, I, it would hurt, but it, it, it makes sense. It's, it's just... The way the team is built out, it makes sense to keep the guy who's the, the taller three and D guy. Um, and speaking speaking of defense, you know what's interesting, Ryan and, and, and Lee. Speaking of defense, because I I'm like a lot of people are worried. I'm worried about the defense because of you know having Jalen Brunson and Mitchell being your your backcourt is, is way too small. But it's interesting because it, it took me back to Donovan Mitchell's draft scouting report. I had, a, I had like a flashback 
Because remember, remember Ryan was doing these deep dives back in the day of of, <laughs> of the scouting reports. And yeah. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read to you Donovan Mitchell's scouting report back from back in the day before he was in the league. I probably the most appealing part of Mitchell's game lies on the defensive end. By the end of his second year at Louisville, he established himself as a multi-positional stopper who a coach can put on point guards, shooting guards, and even small forwards. <laughs> Mitchell has outstanding physical tools to be a lockdown defender. With his elite length, strong frame, and quick feet, Mitchell is also a highly competitive guy who's willing to pressure full court, dive to the floor for loose balls, and consistently make things difficult for opposing players. Mitchell has terrific instincts off the ball, as shown by his 2.6 steals for opposing players. Mitchell's has, uh, yeah, despite being short for the average two guard, his 6'10 wingspan is difficult for opposing guards to shoot over, and he does an exemplary job of using his quickness and strength to stay in front of his man. This was a scouting report coming out of college. <laughs> and and, and, I, and, and I, when I was looking at these debates, I had a flashback. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember comparing him and Frank Lukina back in the day. This kid was a defender. I was, I was contemplating having him on the Knicks because he seemed like a, a two-way player. Now he's on Utah, and that reputation has perceived him. So, which makes me think, I'm not saying this is still the ideal backcourt because, but. A 6'11 wingspan, a guy who's a defender, maybe there's a chance that Tom Thibodeau can bring back the old Donovan Mitchell. Especially if he doesn't if he has to share some some uh creating responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes what happens is when you are the man and you're asked to do a lot, you you mail it in on a defensive end. You started to see with, with RJ Barrett towards the end of the season how his defense fell off as he took more of the offensive load. So, I don't, I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if there's something there defensively. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll say this. Donovan Mitchell's coach at Louisville is Rick Pitino. You cannot play for Rick Pitino if you don't play defense. So, Donovan Mitchell definitely had to defend when he was in Louisville. Now, when he, when he got to Utah, uh, I don't know what responsibilities Dan Snatter really put on him, you know, maybe Dan Snyder made, gave him more offensive responsibility and took away some of that responsibility on defense just so he can reserve his energy to play offense. But, I mean, it, with that being his scouting report in college, you would hope that if he does come to New York, you know, Thibs can get it back out of him since Thibs is a defensive coach. And, like, you watch Nick's summer league team, like, that's what Thibs expects from the Knicks. You watch Nick. You, you, we watched the Knicks with under tips for the last couple of seasons, especially the previous season when they were, when they hit the playoffs. The Knicks defense was stifling. You know that's what that's what that's the type of defense you play under tips. So, you know it's it's encouraging to know that you know he did have that mindset when he did, when he was in college playing for Louisville, and maybe it can be take you know taken out of him. You know with Thibs, and you know maybe coach that back into him. But, you know, we also have to go by what we saw in Utah. And what we saw in Utah was not that much defensive effort. So. Right, yeah. yeah. They had Gobert. They relied on a Gobert. I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think these conversations require a little bit of nuance that we're obviously never going to get when we're watching ESPN and Fox Sports Southwest. 
it, it's all about the, the LOL nits and nits for clits talking oh, yeah. points. When you look at the the backboard of two guys that are since one, obviously there's concerns height wise that they don't be too small or guard anyone on the perimeter consistently when they're playing together in tandem. But if you look at the tandem that Utah had in the last two or three seasons with Mike Conley, who was six one, and Donovan Mitchell, that's a very different scenario. Playing under Quinn Snyder, who was not an excellent team defensive coach, but was great with the defensive anchor of Rudy Gobert, there was a lot of pressure on those two to be that first line of defense that won't necessarily be the case here in New York when R.J. Barrett alone is better than Utah's next best defender in Royce O'Neal. Like he, he mm. would be coming to a situation playing a team of guys Dibs only gives minutes to when they're hitting their rotations and playing with effort and grit on the defensive end. So I don't have as much worry as I do with Mitchell coming in and fitting in with this team as I, as I did preparing him with what he was in Utah. I mean, Derek Rose is only 6'2". Quickly's only 6'3". And they've been doing a fine job defending the perimeter over the last uh, two or three seasons coming off the bench. So I haven't heard those concerns with those two guys, especially Rose, who's in his mid-30s and only six feet two inches. I have a feeling that Brunson, who's a very feisty defensive defender, who started on the seventh-best defensive team in the NBA last year, the Mavs, I think he can do a fine job guarding and, and, and going under strings to defend the perimeter guys that we face on opposing teams. Yeah, very well said, man. Very well said. <laughs> like, I... It's, it's, it's just a little nuance, so you're not going to do it from ESPN, you know? Yeah. They're going to be hating the Knicks. LOL, man. Yeah, LOL, Knicks, man. We don't, this, is, this is what you get here, man. You get the nuance. You're going to get the, the real deep dives on why it could or couldn't work. So you're absolutely right about that, man. All, all good points. And you know what? It's funny because I, I still have I, – I've said this the last show. I don't know. I feel like eventually we might have to separate them. It might not be this year. Maybe it'll be next year or the year after. But um, we'll see what happens. It, we'll see what happens in the future. But like, it, it might be a world where Donovan Mitchell can be a better defender. I mean, Jalen Brunson tries, but he but it might be a world where Donovan Mitchell could be a better defender and, and actually help uh relegate some help kind of stop the bleeding for 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 um <clears throat> for Brunson. I'm hoping that's the case. Um, so. You know what? We got four callers in the queue, so let's get to these callers, all right? So shout out to everybody in chat first and foremost. Shout out to Nicker Brocker, Nick Yak, Daniel Sturgis, Be Civilized, Agent Super Argo, and everybody else is rocking with the KLT show. If, you, if you're loving the content so far, please hit that like button and subscribe. The likes are free. It helps the algorithms, and it helps us uh, get seen more and more by Knicks fans and Knicks Nation and people who are interested in talking NBA and Knicks, so please help us out there. And also, you already know what it is. If you want, if you want to call, buy the number three one nine five two seven six two four one. All right, now let's get to it. First caller up. Let us know what your name is and where you're from, and what do you want to talk about? Uh, hey, this is uh Keith in Atlanta. What's, what's going on, Keith? How you doing, bro? I got a couple of things. First of all, as usual. Great job. I mean, I've been listening to you guys. I don't, I don't, uh, stunned. I, I've been listening to you from the beginning to this time, which is actually pretty, uh, amazing. Nice, um, yeah. You guys all pretty much hit a lot of the points that I was going to bring up. Like, uh, the first thing I wanted to say was, Ryan, I agree with you on 99% of the stuff you say. This tonight, Thank I got to say, I got to disagree on one thing about the mellow trade. The mellow trade was completely different in my opinion, because everything we gave up in the mellow trade 
were starters. Even though we gave up, we gave up our, our supposed core. They were all starters. It's a completely different scenario now in the in the Mitchell trade because even if we gave up a bunch of starters, we have so many young guys and so much of a deeper bench than we were in. We, we, we got a lot more uh, young players now than we did for the mellow trade. So even if we gave up three or four, which I don't think it's going to take that much, and I really wouldn't give up that much, but even if we had to give up two or three young people, it still ain't emptying the cupboards completely. And I complete, I, I think the more young players they get, the less picks they're going to get. Utah don't want picks right now, don't want players right now, so I think they're going to probably end up with the majority of those picks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, anybody, I mean, does that make sense to anybody or? No, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. That's, that's definitely a fair point. Um, you know, I guess for me, it's like, you want, you want to sustain. I feel like the people who are the teams who sustain winning for long periods of time are the teams who have foundation pieces that built through the draft. And um, right. you know what? So I guess as long as long as RJ, of course, is a foundation piece. Mitch, we're trying to figure out that's a, a foundation piece as well. And hopefully, one of these treasure tr trolls of young guys are also a foundation piece because it kind of helps solidify, you know, us for a long periods of time. So I, I get it. I get it. And I, it's, it's, a, it's I, a valid point. It's a valid point. I, I think that I think I got a. I mean, I got a pretty. I mean, I've been. I'm 52. I've been watching basketball all my life. I've been a Knicks fan since I can remember. I mean, back to the Truck Robinson, Lewis Orr days, Trent Tucker, all all of those cats. I mean, that's that's when I started watching the Knicks, oh, or actually time. being able to understand watching basketball. Right. But I, and I think I I brought up the last time I called in, the one player that I hate to lose out of everything that we got going. I know RJ is, you know, he's untouchable. But if you think about what Utah wants, I don't think there's anywhere in the world. If we fighting for anything, it's to keep Grimes. Because if you look at the contract, this is his second year. So he's only got one year under his belt. So the contract is that the money's not going to be a big deal for right. Utah. It's not like they're going to pay a whole lot of money for him. And then he's a first-round pick, so they're going to have that last-year option that they can say, okay, we can extend him that last year if we want to. So he's perfect for the timeline as far as, you know, what they're, what they're trying to do. Um you got to add Fournier in there for, for, for salary. We all know, as much as we all would like Randall to be included, nine times out of ten, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So to make the salary right, they're going to have to put in Fournier. So the way I'm thinking is probably going to be something like Fournier, Grimes, and Quick. I don't think Obi's going anywhere because, as y'all all been saying for months now, he's Leon Rose's first pick. I don't see him leaving unless, unless absolutely necessary. So I guess bottom line, I think it's going to end up being you got to keep Cam or Grimes. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go for Cam because Cam is up for, for, for yeah. extension and they're going to have to make a decision on whether to pay him or not. So he's not going. The only players that I can see that fit that's actually going to go for young guys, Grimes and, and, and Quick, they're gone. Maybe McBride, but I doubt it. They'd probably go with Quick instead, uh, more so than McBride. Yeah. And probably five picks, three of which we just got this year, and two of ours, and maybe a pick swap. Yeah. 
that six one that six one backcourt though, I, I I I don't I don't I'm, I I I don't think that's gonna be an issue because Utah they had a six one you know both of those guys were small and they played good team defense. It wasn't to the uh to the to, to until the the a, the the playoffs where where teams were able to expose it because not every team has a, a a trio that can run a pick and roll and expose the defensive player of the year. But when you get to the playoffs yeah. and you running up against a a, a, a Doncic and 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 Brunson, yeah, they can expose. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. can expose. You know, uh, 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 Gobert and get him on the bench in the second. You know, you know. Five minutes yeah. left to go in the game, but for eighty-two games during the regular season, that's only going to happen a handful of times. So I don't foresee that. And 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 and, and uh, uh, Mitch Mitch Rob is not Gobert. Mitch Rob's a whole lot better defender on the pick and roll than Gobert. So if we funnel everything to, to Mitch, just like they did in 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 Utah, funnel everything to Gobert, I don't think we're going to get exposed in the, in, in the playoffs. When it comes to pick and roll up top, I think if we play good enough defense on the perimeter, okay, I don't see why we can't be a top twelve defense. All right, yep. All right, cool. Well, all good points, man. Thanks, thank you for um for calling. I want to get to the rest of these calls. Sorry, I got along with it. No, no, it's fine. You was all you was you was on point, man. I was listening. You was on point. You was on point. I was letting you rock. You was on point. (laughs) We got really lucky that that's. Summer League and this Donovan Mitchell trade rumors are happening at the same time because it's a great opportunity for Grimes and McBride to sell themselves as trade targets. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Please have a GM. Because, I mean, Grimes has never looked more valuable than he does right now. It's also funny that we stole Walt Perrin from Utah to come to New York to draft Grimes just to send him right back to Utah on a Donovan Mitchell trade. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that, 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 yeah that's some weird triangle stuff that's happening. Right yeah. <laughs> And Johnny Bryan too. Yeah, and Johnny Bryan. I'm so yo, shout out, I'm so glad Johnny Bryan is still here. Gunshots. Good I, 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 I know you won the Utah job, but I'm sorry, man. I'm glad you're still here. I don't. I'm not not trying to be a hater. I just love. I just love you, Johnny. That's all. That's all. Yeah. We 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 just need you as insurance, just in case things go south. All right, just in case things yeah, go right. south. <laughs> yeah. But um, also to to his point too. Um, we have other centers here who kind of. I know he said. Mitch is better in pick and roll, but I think he really meant to say was he's a little bit better at guarding the perimeter. I'm yeah. not saying he's um go bear like he's you know Noel level, but he's a little bit better than at guarding perimeter. But also we have other centers here who are actually a little bit better at guarding perimeter than um even Mitch. So we have Sims here, and uh, we have an uh, oh what's the backup center's name again? I, I'm stay forgetting names. Uh, Hard and we have Hardenstein here who, who who's also. I'm pretty decent at um, guarding perimeter as well. All right. Next caller up, we got Edson from Long Island. How's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Hey, man. Nothing much. It's, uh, it's nice warm weather for the night. You know, people out and about in, out in the east. And speak of things heating up, man, I didn't expect shit. Sorry. They expected things like to go back so hot over in the off season. I was just so content about what we did through through the draft. Yeah. These signings and we're done. Done. But here we go. Danny Age. 
out and about. The devil. Like the killer clown is, <laughs> is on the loose. <laughs> and people forget about that. It's like saying, oh, okay, these seems like good ideas. So, you know, people just random, just putting random stuff just for clicks or just for likes and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at, dude, you're really, fall- <laughs> you're really falling for this, aren't you? <laughs> We're really all falling for this. But for, but for business-wise, okay? I am looking trying to look, look for match salaries, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, if I would I would put Fournier and Rose together. Right. Now as far as now as far as taking one of our young guys, I will put Reddish fourth. Because why? We really don't know what we have with Reddish. It yeah. was sucks that he, that he uh, got injured last season. And plus that, you know, just wasn't feeling it, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me that what Reddish was sitting right next to do Leon. There might be something uh, going on, a little heart-to-heart uh, talking in between. So, like, understanding that, hey, if you get traded, then nothing uh, nothing hard. It's just business. And pretty pretty much bad down the road, hey, you could call him back and say, hey, I could, get, I could get you a good deal. You know? Yeah. Working with us, you could, you know, you'll still be banging with, uh, with RJ. Who knows? But I would put Radish on the table. As far as, you know, everyone else is proven. Everyone else we messed with, we liked, we picked. From, from Grimes to McBride, even Quick, okay? Quick uh, grew on, on tips. Aside from, yeah, aside from uh, Cam, Quick will be on the table for me, okay, personally. Now for picks. I don't know if people realize this, but all, all those unprotected picks are, to me, is house money. It's not the bank money. It's not my right. money. It's the house money. I you agree. can play with that. So Dallas, Washington, and what else? I, I haven't had my notes right here. So it was Dallas and Washington, uh, Washington, Milwaukee. I know that's a little bit down the road, right? But that's still that's still protected. That's fine. I'll put it in there. It's when I get uh, sketchy with you when it comes to my draft picks, and this is what people start doing. Start to fumble up. Say, so you know what? I'll give them two of my own picks or whatnot. It's like, no, I'll do a swap. But if Danny H one of my picks. Give me one of the, uh, give me Minnesota's. I know this guy, people are going to laugh. It's like, he ain't going to do that. Well, that's the point. Keep him honest. You want him to reach in the top shelf, like, and stuffing things in his, in his, in his jeans. It's yeah, like, hey, put that I can back. See, I can see, yeah, I can see that. I, I can't, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a back and forth for a while. So if I can see this, this dance, I mean, Sham's already said this dance is probably going to go on for like two or three weeks. Um, right, of course. come you know, on, right? You know, you're de- but you're I- dealing with the an unstoppable force versus the immovable object, the ripoff versus the cheapskate. Who's gonna win out? It's gonna be a stalemate for quite a bit. It's all gonna right? be a stalemate for Tyson. You're right about that. You're right about that. But thanks for calling in, man. I want to get through the next callers, but I appreciate cool. you calling in, man, for sure. All right, all right. Anything to add to that, guys? He he says, you know, screw getting our own picks, uh, pick swaps. Um. Oh, you you can go. You can. Get me. I I'm. I'll, I'll say this. I'm just happy that Steve Miller is no longer the president of basketball operations. This deal would have been done this morning, and we've done <laughs> all day. All every. And we, well, first of all, we wouldn't have anyone else's picks. We've only had ours. Man, out the door, an entire young core for Donovan Mitchell coming to play with Nerlens Noel. It would be hell on earth, man. For real. Man, some of these packages. Yeah, Man, some people's like, yo, I'll give them OBIQ, Cam, Grimes, plus six and seven draft picks. I'm just like, 
y'all suck at negotiating, dog. Like, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Long Island. Like, that's where my pops is from. It's also where Steve Mills is from. And Steve Mills is a bum, bro. He's a bum. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, when Steve, I'm still mad at Steve Mills for giving Ron Baker. Me too. Uh, what, nine million, what, eight million dollars? Yeah, <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm, he was the he. I still remember when his boss, the boss, got fired, and Steve Mills was the man for one day. Steve Mills was the boss for <laughs> one day, and the one day he was the boss, he gave Rod Baker nine billion dollars. The wasn't one also, day wasn't he also behind the Tim Hardaway contract? Yes, he was behind yeah. the seventy-two million. Yeah. The hard way, yes, the hard way. I still remember the episode from back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> man, oh, man, yo. Let's let's go. Next caller up, we got my man, our man Jason. What's going on, Jason? What's up? What's up, fellas? What's going first on, man? Thing first, hey, man, what's going on? Yep. I think we all. I gotta give put some respect on uh, Dice's name because I know we're not talking. We're not talking about summer league, but <laughs> I when I first heard that he was gonna be the summer league coach, I was like, ah, that's Tibbs' guy. Like I was like, I wanted someone else, but you know what? He got some boys playing hard. I think yeah. we gotta put a little bit of respect on the game. Agreed. Agreed, um, man. I want to Mitchell. I mean, we, I already said a lot of what I would have to say last last episode. Mm-hmm. All I'll say is this: two things to add. One, you're right. Mitchell was a good defensive player his first two seasons. Like, there's a, a account called Analytics, something like that, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he put up like his stats. He was a positive defensive player his first two seasons, and then he just. And I don't know if that's because he's not happy, his usage went up. I don't know. I know the last year, he you could tell he just wasn't happy in Utah. But I don't, I'm don't. i just saying, it's there. He can be a good defensive player. It's not like he's just like – he's not like, like Tim Hardaway Jr., who's right. never a good defensive player. Right. And then the other thing I'll, I'll say is a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, like I think the, the – I don't know the other guy's name on the show, but he said it how – like, the Jazz had two small point guards. I mean, two small guards, right? Right. I meant from ATL, and, yeah. Oh, but but they they failed in the playoffs. Okay. They failed in the playoffs. They also had the best record in the NBA, and they got to the second round of the playoffs. If the Knicks get to the second round of the playoffs and have the best record in the NBA, that'll change everything about the way people look at the Knicks. I'm not saying we're going to win it. That's the same thing as winning a championship, but that's a big deal. People just throw that out there like, oh, if we're not going to win a championship, who cares? Now, I agree with you, man. It's, 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 a, it's a stepping stone, man. Like, here's the thing. If we manage our books right, I mean, this is why this is why you hope they move Randall, even though I don't think it's likely. But this is why you kind of even hope that Randall um, goes an uptick. Because if that happens and we have, and we have Donovan Mitchell here, then maybe, just maybe, we can attract another person here because we already have a foundation in place with RJ Barrett and Donovan Mitchell. That's that's the big hope, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not as down on Randall as everyone else is. I think you guys know that. Like when, here's my thing with Knicks fans, and I think you guys fall into this camp too. And tell me if correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. When we were always talking about places to move Randall to, right? Mm-hmm. You would always say, Oh, he would fit on a team that had like an actual number one, right? Right. And, you well, know that's what? gonna be the next the next year. Uh, yo, you, you know what? You know what it is with, for me, Jason. And correct me, because you you've been following me for the whole year, following us for the whole year. I've been yeah. defending Randall for, I think the first two months of the season when everybody was was bagging on Randall, I was defending him. My my <laughs> thing with Randall 
is that I don't trust I don't trust his temperament long term for New York. Isn't I I think being in a smaller market along with not being the first option is going to benefit him. Because I, I just don't I don't trust his I don't trust his mental. That's that's really it is long term for me. I don't trust his mental. So even if he does play well for a year, I'm I feel like there's gonna be like a like a, a a time limit, you know what I mean? Before it all kind of blows up in our face again. But if he's in a I mean I kind of I was gonna say I kind of agree, but like no matter what, I don't think Obi or Randall are gonna be if they make this move for Mitchell, neither of them are the player we really need at the four spot. Like, so it doesn't really matter to me. You need a, a elite defensive player at the four spot if you have Mitchell. And talking about, like, in the future. Like, I'm not saying you have to trade one of these guys right now. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, when you have to build this team to be, like, for playoffs, you're going to want a better defensive four than Obi and Randall. So that's all. So in the long run, I agree. But I'm just saying in the short run, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people say it is because he's not going to be the guy. And, and, and there's no way he could think he's the guy with Donovan Mitchell's here. Yeah. For me, with that, with Obi, for me, it's, it's one of those things. If Obi's offense, because there's certain players whose offense is so good that even if his defense isn't good, his offense is that good that's going to offset it. And I'm not saying that's Obi, but I'm saying it's a possibility because for me, Obi's finishing is just so strong um, that he has a chance to offset it. And even though I understand what you're saying, though, defensively, um, he's not, uh, he doesn't have that side to side lateral movement on the de- defensive end, but, um, he gives you that effort where he can kind of recover. And you've seen that, that little two week stretch, he was getting beat. He wasn't playing perfect defense, but he was able to recover a lot of times just with his effort and his activity level. Hey, so you hoping, not- you hoping that's kind of what happens, but I, I understand what your point is, but I think he's a bad defender. Huh? I'm just saying, he's, I'm not saying he's a bad defender. Right, right. And I, I'm not even saying, I'm just saying they need an elite defender at that spot. That's all I'm saying. So, yes, Obi, I think, can get better defensively, but is he ever going to be an elite defensive player? I don't think so. And that's all I got. Got you, got you. All right. I got a response to that. Um, I think that you did Jazz. They have a player on their roster that's very open to being traded that I think would be a great toss-in in any Donovan Mitchell trade. That's Jared Vanderbilt. The dude guard all five positions in his time in Minnesota has gotten better every year, and he's one of the best defensive uh, perimeter players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's under 25 years old, and he, I think uh, Jazz just got him in that Rudy Gobert trade, and I thought he was a, the best player they got back um, in terms of long-term potential, especially on the defensive end. He's raw offensively, but, man, if he was the backup power forward behind Obi and, and Randall, or, man, prayers up, we get rid of Randall, he would be a fantastic addition off the bench to be able to actually play some defense and guard multiple positions, especially when you have a sense one backcourt. That's just up. I mean, if, I hope the Knicks ask for him if that, if that, if it ever comes to be that, cause we definitely gonna need some defensive help. Uh, uh, Scott Perry is a, a good evaluator of talent. I wouldn't be surprised. And I got one more thing to say <laughs> to respond about caller too. Go ahead. And I'm glad you brought it up and you brought it up too, about what happened to Donovan Mitchell after his first two years. Uh, with Utah, let's. If you look at the roster from 18 to 19, which is before Mike Connolly came, and you go by minutes played, these are like the guys that were playing alongside Donovan Mitchell. He went from three elite defenders in Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder, and Derek Favors to Jordan Clarkson, Jeff Green, and Emmanuel Mudiay. 
that's a huge shift down mm. once that trade happened with Mike Conley and, and, and Bojan Bondanovic I added to the team that year too, the 1920 season. The roster of the Utah Jazz changed dramatically, which applied a lot more pressure on Donovan Mitchell to actually have to play defense and not be hidden right. um, on that end but, because point. he had great around him. Richie Rubio is an elite defender. So was Derek Favors four yeah. years ago. You're right. Uh, I mean, th- that's a really big distinction to be made. Again, nuance key. Uh, and Jay Crowder is one of the best defenders in the NBA as well. So that's what he went from. And then he went to Bojan Bonanovic, Jeff Green, and Emmanuel Moutier, which is a huge step down defensively. And put more pressure right. on him to have to play and guard better players on the defensive end. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot. That, that makes a lot of sense. Long, that that makes it. a lot of sense. I mean, that kind of goes to Jason's point, too, that we just need we need better defenders all around them in general to, to offset it. Yeah. I mean, hopefully RJ kind of picks up on that side, and we have Mitch, who's a good defender as well. Um, but yeah, we we're gonna need better defenders to offset that. But yeah, that's, that's a really good point. <laughs> all right, next caller up. I think we got Fritz. Fritz is our next caller. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, Fritz? Yo. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up a few po- few points. Um, I, I think with a lot of a lot of uh, fans, they get wrong. What's the actual value? Um, what's his actual value? Because he's not a two way player, but he's about top top fifteen. And um, sometimes it, people are thinking top five, like what people gave up for Kawhi, isn't the type of trade that we're going to be doing here, and. We're not initiating the trade. Utah's initiating. Interesting. So uh, it's not – also in the Kawhi type, uh, the Kawhi trade, Clippers were stealing – they were getting a player that – they were getting a player that uh, nobody wanted to – they didn't want to trade. So they they, they were going out of their way to take someone from a team who actually wanted him. Um. So, uh, me personally, I'm, I would be willing to give up more picks than talent. So, if you, if you allow me to keep my, my younger players, hey, I give you more picks. So, what I, what I think is going to happen, I don't think it's going to be a direct trade. The Knicks and the Jazz are not going to trade directly. Because Jazz, the Jazz blueprint now is let's be bad for the year. They want an impact player in 2023. So the players don't matter. They may want one good young player, but the players don't matter. They right. want expiring, they want a tank. expiring yeah. deals. They want to tank like OKC. They that's want for to, sure. Yeah. And they want – see, they're going to be bad. If they're in the top five, they want a couple more picks. Hey, can I, can I move top two? Or if I'm number two, can I, can I get number one? The, that's where we're at. So – the the trade I had in mind was the Knicks, Jazz, Hornets. Oh, they Randall did. to the and Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Randall to the Hornets. Yep. But um, Hornets have been quiet, even though they lost their, their number one re-signing of the summer. So Knicks would get Donovan Mitchell. Knicks would get P.J. Washington. Ooh. Knicks would get two of those second-round picks back. Hornets would get Julius Randle. They're only giving up Kelly Oubre 
They're only giving up P.J. Washington, and they're giving up those two picks back. Jazz. I love that idea. For they get what they want. One-year deals. Derrick Rose. Kelly Oubre. Quentin Grimes. Five first-round picks. I think and, that could be even I, and I don't think to take back more Jazz players, too. That could open the door for us to take back to Patrick Beverly or uh, a Vanderbilt as well. Yeah, well, but the thing is, since they just traded them, they can only be traded one for one. So you have to um, – you can only trade one player for them. You can kind of make it two trades if yeah. – you know, you could break down a trade, but it has to be one for one player. Um, but that's how I think. I don't think it's as big as people think it is. I think Knicks just have to find the right partners. Love that I think idea. the Knicks are going to give up a young player. I don't think they're going to give a bunch of young players. We're not the initiator of the trade. We're not the ones begging to, to offload this player. They are the ones offloading this player. We are the ones with the picks. No one else has close the amount of picks. That's true. Miami has two picks. Miami is going to be at the top of the league, 20s. Yeah. Two yeah. picks in the 20s. Yeah, I saw I saw three. And they're they not even this year. Yeah, they have to involve another team then, to, to even yeah. sniff close to us, so. Now, all good points, Chris. Yeah. All good points. Thumbs up for that yeah. comment. So I, I think Knicks Great are call. in the driver's seat. Uh, I think Knicks are in the driver's seat. I think the Knicks could give them a haul they can be, like, happy with, but I don't think there's going to be these big names that you're thinking are jumping around because they, they want a young cornerstone player. And, they don't want above average. <laughs> and and to be honest with Chris, I'm, I agree with you. Like, We've been saying for a while that Leon Rose isn't the t- the guy who's going to like outbid himself. That's not what he how he moves. So people are expecting. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm wrong. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But you know, ESPN, all these guys are expecting these big hauls and like eight, eight picks and twelve young players and whatever. But I don't. I, he just never moved like that. Like Leon Rose nope. just never moved like that so far. So I don't he, expect him to. He, he, do he doesn't move like that. He's not going to bid against himself. Like, yeah. Like just because just because somebody else cheated you, we're we're not we're not. Right. Right. All right. You right. you you approached us for what if we thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point, Fritz. Thanks for calling in. Or Good call. Or patching in because <laughs> you're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Good talk. I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. Um, other than I'm still curious to see if we get Donovan Mitchell, what our plan is long-term, if we try to flip, uh, if we try to flip, um, if we try to fit Jalen Brunson, cause the only, only downside to this thing is the, to me is the timing. And I only say that because we just give, we just gave Brunson the bag. And if you just giving Brunson the bag for him to share the court with, with Donovan Mitchell, that means the numbers aren't going to really reflect to me the bag that we gave him. Really, like this might have been his chance to average twenty and six or something like that. But but now since you know if we do get Donovan Mitchell, I don't see him averaging twenty and six now. He's going to be averaging when he's been pretty much probably averaging in Dallas, which kind of makes it look more like an overplay, which makes me feel like he might be harder to move now down the line because he hasn't. He's not a proven concept now. You know what I mean? That that that's the only thing I really have to add. But I mean, 
If we're winning, then it doesn't matter. It is. Right. <laughs> if winning, it doesn't matter. But that's my concern with this move and the timing of this. I think Thibs can figure out a way to, to make that smaller backcourt work, even if it means staggering minutes or diversifying the roster and bringing in some taller, more defender-switchable wings to play alongside them. I, I, I trust anyone in the history, the last 20 years of its coaches to figure it out. It's Tom Thibodeau, who's a defensive genius. If anything, he's a genius on the defensive side, not so much the offensive side. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think Mitchell and Brunson are good enough so they, they can figure it out how to work together. Already friends. You know, that, that's been reported. There have been buddies that goes back a couple of years. Um, so that's a good thing, too. I think they're a little greedy. Bojan Bondanovic, uh, Jerry Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly. There's some other guys in that Jazz roster I'm very interested in. I would love to have his, his throwing yeah. pieces. Yeah. Mondo, my, yeah. Multiple guys. Yeah, Patrick Beverly just smells like New York, man. He does. <laughs> yeah, he do. Yeah, he do. <laughs> yeah, he do. <laughs> He's a dog. Smells like New York. He, Chris Chris Paul slander and all. <laughs> man, oh, man, man. Oh, what a mess out here. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. All right, man. Shout out to the guys in the chat. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Shout out to Nick Yak, Walter White, Pudge NYC, E Picks for Timmy, uh, Keith Watkins, and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. All right. If you like oh wait, first of all, let me hit that. Hold on, somebody sent five a super chat. Um, hey. Is that Echelon? Sends a five five super chat. I can't read the little hieroglyphics name you have there. It says, even if we don't deal, it's all gas, no light. We're on course. Stick to the original plan. Never mind the hate dang. If we do dang, if we don't. Oh, yeah, dang, if we, we do, do. dang, yeah, if we don't. We, okay, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, dang. he just said the clean way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never to hate, comma, dang, if we do, dang, if we don't. Got yeah. you. Got you. I heard you. I heard you. Thank you for the super chat, man. It's going to go a long way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all dang, we do, dang, we don't. I hear you. I hear you. All right. That is our show. So, Lee, let them know. Where can they find you, sir? I got some articles coming out uh, next week on posting and toasting. That's that's some fun ones. Uh, one of them's going to be uh, which which young superstars are most likely to leave their their current teams. That's going to piss a lot of people off. Nice. Uh, and I also got some stuff in the pipeline for posting and toasting as well. So you can find me on on those channels writing about the Knicks and the NBA at large. All right, all right, all right. And shout out to Anis Spada, I think it's Spanada, who just joined, who just subscribed to the channel. Shout out to you. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you want to subscribe as well. Ryan, let her know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. Yes, S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. Content is coming soon. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And of course, you know, new financial agents. So, you know, if you need any help with the finances, retirement plans, etc., you know, hit me up through one of my um, social media platforms and you can set up an appointment. Get that money right, all right? Yes, yes, yes. I already know, man. You can find us. You can find us. You can get first of all, get the KOT snapbacks at um, thedicktimeshow.com slash catalog. So definitely do that. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the KOT Show on Twitter, Time Show on Instagram, and the Time Show on Facebook. Also, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And yeah, that's it, man. 
Great show, guys. Um, I don't know when the next game is going to be. I don't think it's on the schedule yet, but we'll we'll be here after the next Summer League game to talk about whatever Summer League game and any update that's going to happen for Knicks Nation. But Yes, sir. Summer League ring, here we come. Yes, Summer hey. League Championship is on the way. Let's Hold go. up. Shout out to my guy JT Reddick who sends a 499 super chat. He says, Yeah, salute, great show. Long as the price is right, can't trade both a bunch of picks and young players. One or the other. I hear you, sir. One yes, sir. or the other. I'm with it. I'm with it. Shout out to be, to be civilized. Also says dope show. All right. Salute, salute to my guy Del Chapman as well. All right. That is our show. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these next YouTube streets. That is our show. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams.